0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from inside of a black cube, this is Doctor Who Podshock. The Gallifrey Embassy presents Dr. Who Podchock, episode 278, 279, I think we were at. And this is Lewis Trapani, and joining me is Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave.
1: Let me have the box. Let me have the box. <laughs> we're, Hi,
0: yeah. we're trapped in a cube. The power of the cube. Well, the power of three. How are you doing, Dave? Yep. Um doing
2: fine indeed. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Always nice to be on a live episode of Doctor Who Podshop.
0: Yeah, let's let's hope that it's it goes um without any um <laughs> any glitches or uh brain farts as it was. Um <laughs> But well, those are mostly counting down from seven, so you better hurry up. <laughs> those are mostly on my part anyway. Anyway, so uh so we we were gathered here today to bear witness to uh the review of the power of three. So as always, before we go any further, let me sound off the the cloister bell here because there'll be spoilers um Proceeding this, if you have not seen the fourth episode of the 2012 series of Doctor Who, The Power of Three, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, then what are you waiting for? See it. And then you can come back and listen to this review episode, because otherwise it will be kind of all spoilery for you. So, The Power of Three. Okay, we're going to stop the cloister bells. Uh, Stop it, cloister bells. Cloister bells. (laughs) All right. So, uh, well, before we dump, dump, before we jump into the review, is there any um, any 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 major Doctor Who news that we need to kind of touch upon? I, I don't think there is.
2: Well, there's the Janet Fielding uh, illness
3: now, uh,
0: issue. Okay, I had heard some, um, some well wishes for her, but I wasn't exactly. I I just my assumption was unfortunately, um, it seems to be of lately the. the and I, you know, the, the C word, the cancer, has been going around. It seems like striking yep, everyone. Indeed. So, is that what it is? In um...
2: yes, it's, it's on the dot two news dot net. Uh, Janet Feeling battles cancer. Uh, uh, she is another one of these uh, Doctor Who members that has normally kept her private life private, and that's absolutely uh, what, what one did expect. But. um Presumably, for some reason, she's announced that. But um, it's also been taken uh, to heart by actors who played the Doctor because she has a, a fundraising thing called Project Motormouth that um, that aims to raise money for good causes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, So Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann and David Tennant are the guests announced for an event uh, which is apparently already sold out at... Uh, on the 19th of January 2013, uh, I put the link in the room for those who want to check it out. But it's on dot two news dot net. Uh, Janet Fielding battles cancer. Unfortunately, that's sad. will get
0: you to the item. Well, hopefully, um, she, I and she's also, I believe she's on Twitter now. I think she's like mouth on legs on Twitter. Uh, don't I? Something to that effect. I. It, um, yeah, something like that. Yeah so uh yeah I, I you know i really enjoyed uh you know Janet fielding's work and um uh, uh okay tim had put it it's it's janet underscore fielding twitter dot com janet underscore fielding so um yeah that's uh, hopefully she can um get past this this illness i know unfortunately so many Especially in the Doctor Who community of late has have been um, been battling. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure yeah. all of society, but it just seems like lately it just seems um, to be.
2: Yeah, well, they're all that same. I mean, she's still young; she's fifty nine, I think. Mm-hmm. But we've had a few in the early sixties that have had uh, these issues. It, it, it is absolutely frightening.
0: All right. Well, we wish her well, and um, hopefully, um, she can get past it and. Hopefully, um, you know, so we, well, that's all we can Indeed. do. So let's uh, get back into the the power of three, which is uh, the latest episode that was on last night. It's the um, fourth episode of this series. It is uh, directed by uh, Douglas M- uh, McKinnon, McKinnon, or McKin. I believe that's his name. M- M- McKinnon. Yeah. And uh, written by Chris Chibnall once again. He's I think this is his. Um, if, I guess if you count the the preview episode, the preview thing, um, the pond pond life, this is his third in this series or, or second in this series.
2: He did 42. He did the Hungry no.
0: Earth and Cold Blood. Yeah, I meant in 2012. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Sorry, sorry. I, that's what I'm. I, I, I'm. I should have been more clear so he's back again and the episode as i said is the power of 3 so this is um basically if i if i can say that going back to 2005 with Christopher Eccleston coming back as the doctor the doctor proclaimed that he doesn't do domestic and basically this episode is him doing just that the doctor does domestic episode is basically what this is mostly about in that process you know we, when i say that i mean the, the doctor obviously as Assuming you've seen the story already, the Doctor does uh, instead of you know going off on you know all over the galaxy, he kind of settles down on Earth for a bit. You know, it's not the first time he's done that uh, to uh, study these cubes that have mysteriously appeared, and they don't know where they came from, and uh, we're, we're uh, driven to believe that it, you know uh, all these different explanations that it could be uh, Brian, um, which is the father of um, Rory, gives some possible explanations of what it could be and news reports indicating it could be a, a giant promotion for something or another and uh, like a marketing blitz for something. Uh they even had a cameo with uh Professor Brian Cox uh making a cameo on the show uh, you know, trying to explain what they are and he said something to the point something to the effect that you'll have to ask a better person than than him if you know, to explain it. So um yeah, go ahead. As I said, you
2: had uh, Alan Sugar as well, uh, who does The Apprentice. Um, think a little bit like your Donald Trump. And yeah, TV, I saw that, uh, and I, 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 and I
0: wasn't sure. Now, does uh, was The Apprentice an original UK show? That once again, like so many American shows that have copied UK shows, is that the case? Is um, it's certainly been going a number of years. Uh, I'm not too sure which one started first, but
2: uh, the it has been going must Be going about eight
0: years now yeah I, I haven't seen I never I know of the Donald Trump show but I, I've never seen it and when I saw that, I said, oh, they're doing the Donald Trump show thing and then uh, then I realized oh maybe it's it's their show, just like Dancing with the Stars and um, um, what's all those other shows that that are popular in America that have roots in um, you know origins of you know they're just copycat shows of, of UK shows. Yeah,
2: eight series. It's had it's done eight series of The, the Apprentice.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how much um, Trump has done. So I, I'm going to assume that that the, the Donald Trump Apprentice show is just another another copycat. Well, show. It, it,
2: it, it says here on the Apprentice site, um, and similar format to the American series, uh, which stars Donald Trump. Both the American and British seasons uh, versions are produced by the same person, Mark
0: oh.
1: Burnett. Mm-hmm.
2: So they're basically the same house.
0: Hmm. Well, getting back to the story here, uh, I have to say that I enjoyed the first half of this episode more so than the second half. And even though the second half has more of a sci-fi element to it, I I, uh, I, I just thought the the kind of the payoff for this really was a little disappointing. Uh, but you know, there there are some good things as far as um, there are lots of little nods to the past. We had a reference to the Zygons and the doctor uh references a metal dog meaning canine um as far as hovering when the box was when the when the cube was hovering in front of his face, they said, "Oh you, you know I had a dog that did the same or something a metal dog that did the same I, which is uh, kind of pointing to the new canine, which is you know the 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 one that's on um you know the the new the the reinvented canine which is flying around where um the original canine well, uh- Didn't really hover so
2: much. I I believe some of the people that are, you know, bigger fans than I am, anyway, uh, were related to the fact that originally uh, the the first canine had supposed to have had those abilities, but they'd never been able to realise it, so it had never actually been featured in Mm -hmm. any story. But the original canine was supposed to be able to do that.
0: So, um, but the biggest nod to the past, and, and, and I'm not going to do the spoiler because I've already done that before, is um, is the character Kate Stewart, who um, mm. we learn a little later in this episode that um, it's actually Lethbridge Stewart, but she decided to shorten it just to Stewart so, so she wouldn't get any special favors, who's the daughter of um, of the Brigadier. So... That was really a nice treat. And I, my, you know, I I think she's a great character, but I just wish she was in an episode that she had more to do. Here, she was just sort of like running around and talking a bit and didn't really do much, really, in this episode. Um, But I mean, it, it was good just to have. Those moments, you know, with, since the, I, someone had asked, and I think it was last year on Dr. Kupachok, you know, if they were going to do some, you know, other than the phone call and, um, you know, if they, if they were going to, if there was going to be some sort of farewell to the Brigadier and, um, and I, I just think just like these little moments like that are, is what they do is it sort of, you know, um, you know, is really what they, the only thing they can do. So it was a nice touch. I've, it was indeed, Yeah. yeah. So I, I felt though, um, you know, speaking of characters, the Brian character had a bigger part in here, you know, since um, you know this takes place on Earth and we're in the Ponds household for the most part. And I guess now I was a little unclear if he was a member of the household—is he living with the Ponds or, 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 or are they just visiting his place a lot? So I guess the, I'm, I'm assuming they live together, or I—that I, was a well, little. Well,
2: he came, he came knocking on the door right at the beginning, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So he didn't live in the same house because he came knocking but, on the door. But then he then he seemed uh, to it, live it, there it, though because he was like watching. Well, no, he was
2: inside the TARDIS
0: for a lot of the time. Okay, yeah, he was inside the TARDIS. the TARDIS. And the TARDIS happened to be in their house. But then he was he was sitting for for eighty days or whatever, you know, sitting and watching this cube. You know, I'm assuming in the pond's house, you know, and when, and at the end of the episode, when, you know, he encourages them to go with the doctor, he said, you know, someone has to stay and water the plants. So I'm assuming he's, um, he's moved in. I, that's my assumption.
2: Maybe while he's doing this job for the doctor, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, now, and I, I know we really hadn't had much exposure to him so far, but I just thought, you know, they kind of, in this story, they made him a little bit pitiful and simple here. I mean, where he's just, Sitting and watching I mean he basically has no life is what they're saying is that he's spending the whole day watching the box, watching the cube video videoing it when he 's sleeping and then fast you know when he' you know watching what he's recorded in fast forward mode
2: well actually when you think about it, it's actually quite a nice reference because if you think about it, that's exactly what Rory the Roman soldier did outside the oh, box.
0: yeah i didn't i didn't uh, make that connection. <laughs>
2: Uh, you know, he 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 was dutiful and stayed and did that for the two thousand years. So he started doing it for three hundred sixty-five years. And uh, days, days, box days. And days. Another
0: box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't make that connection actually, but it's. Um, but I, I just yeah. I mean, it just seems like they just made him a little simpleton, you know, in in this uh, episode. You know, I just. I know. Um, Odysseus steps in. Um. In our live chat that goes on during our live show, said that you know he could be retired. I'm, I'm assuming he is retired, but uh, but still as a retiree, uh, I know. Well, he actually comes to work at the hospital. For a well, bit, he does, because yeah.
2: uh, 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 Rory sends him to get some things. Now uh, he's probably a retired orderly, and that's probably why Rory isn't. Imp- uh, 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 but he's just um, volunteered because of the crisis.
0: And he never takes off his 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 outer vest. His um whatever um I don't know if you know his his outdoor vest, his sleeveless coat so um so yeah that that was a little I don't know, I just felt his character is just made out to be a little shallow in in this story, and um but all right well well going moving forward ahead, um as I mentioned before, we are introduced to kate Stewart who uh Makes a grand entrance with uh with unit soldiers, and the only thing I you know my problem with that I think is that the unit soldiers just look too much like a SWAT team. You know they're all in black, and um, mm. it just it. I mean they don't have to look exactly like unit that we know, but you know from the past. But it just and, I, and maybe perhaps if they didn't if they were in camouflages or you know something like this, maybe it would tip the hat too much, and maybe it was just a a storytelling device that they you Know they put them in all black so that we didn't know immediately who they were and what the, what they were about. So that's used my the assumption. They call sign, didn't they, though? Trap one and all this. D- did they do that before that was revealed they were unit? I don't know. Uh, no, when they're outside the building, uh it's
2: oh. reports you know, uh, trap one kitchen secured or something okay. like
0: that. All right, yeah, because that is the, the, the call sign trap. Um, and I, I should know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah um yeah and, and speaking of of the hospital and, and work there rory is um you know obviously works at the hospital but there's a scene there where he's uh you know one of his um colleagues says that you know that, that he's he's away for months and they they want to make him full-time and all that and i'm wondering to myself how does rory maintain his maintain his job there if he's if he's away for months, it's one thing if the doctor scoops him up and brings him back to the same point in time, like they did, you know, in this story well, he in did June.
2: That, that was in the narration. He did say he was working part time. But even and at part time, later on he was surprised. He said he was expect. He, um, you know, uh, they they want him to
0: go full time. Yeah, but even part time, you you would think that you would still be there, um, you know, maybe not working full days, but um, I guess maybe it works differently there, and they part-time would be working X amount of months and then you're off for X amount of months or something? Well,
2: well, we know that seven years have gone by and they've gone ten years, so he's missed three years out of seven. So he's he's been there only three-quarters of the time.
0: So, yeah, that's a good point, that here we learn that for the Pons, you know, for Amy and Rory, their adventures with the Doctor now have spanned ten years. So, because I know the past couple, of, you know, review episodes, we've been trying to figure out the timeline because Rory makes a, a reference that he's thirty-one in one episode, and you know, so right. we're well, trying to figure out. How-
2: some some people have speculated that the actual, uh, because Chris Chimnall also did the dinosaur one, uh, whether one the two episodes were not shown in the order that they were originally intended, so that this episode should have been first, and then the dinosaur one are in actual fact the events of the. The dinosaurs, in the spaceship, took place during their seven months away that they were away in this story, or seven weeks or whatever it was. Well,
0: the, the only thing, the only caveat there is that the in the dinosaur one, Rory introduces the Doctor to his father. So this, is, this is my father's father, so we know that has to take that was shot before. You know that was meant to be shown before this one. You know because there's there's the introduction of his father in that. And here, well, the doc-
2: certainly. I mean, they will have been introduced at the wedding prior to that. But yeah, in terms of knowing his name,
0: yeah. So you know, and here, you know, he's he's already in the TARDIS watching the Cube. <laughs> so, um, so it's interesting the story. The the you know, there's lots. This means you know that there's lots of off-screen adventures with the Ponds. You know, the Doctor's having many off-screen adventures. Uh, that we're not seeing with with the ponds, because uh, there's a lot of uh, implied, you know, adventures. that, And we see a little glimpse of it in this, you know, here. In, um, like I made a reference before to the Zygons. And so there's um, a lot left to the imagination. Well,
2: yes. Yeah, and I think there's some clues there. Uh, when other people come on talk, maybe Jeff might be coming on as well. Uh, so I won't say anything, some idea that he had about... Um, the way these stories are interrelated, and uh, uh, the fact that Rory said he'd lost his f- cell phone before, but um,
0: you know what? Let's—I I just realized—we you had put together clips as you always do, and so let's let's play a first batch of clips, and that kind of uh, um, refreshes our memory a bit too of the story.
4: We have two lives. What do we do? Choose.
2: dad it's half past six in the morning
4: what are you doing lying around haven't you seen them
2: what are they nobody knows
4: they're everywhere
5: well where have they come from doctor invasion of
2: the very small cubes
4: that's new World leaders are appealing for calm. The global appearance of millions of small cubes, despite Mm -hmm. official warnings. Why are they here? Well, they're certainly not random space debris. They're too perfectly formed for that. Are they extraterrestrial in origin? Well, you'll have to ask a better man than me.
1: All absolutely identical. Not a single molecule's difference between them. No blemishes, imperfections, individualities.
4: What if they're bombs? Billions of tiny bombs. Or transport capsules maybe with a mini-robot inside. Or deadly hard drives. Or alien
2: eggs. Or messages needing decoding. Or they're all parts of a
5: bigger hole.
4: Doctor, is this an alien invasion? Because that's what it feels like. Right, I need to use your kitchen as a lab. Cook up some cubes. See
5: what happens. Right.
0: Oh. Area will be secure
4: in 60 seconds. Ultimate force available.
5: We
4: think it's been ten years. Not for you, or Earth, but for us. Ten years older, ten years of you. Look at you
1: now. All grown up.
2: Kitchen secured. Trap free, thank God, secured. There are soldiers
4: all over my house and I'm in my pants. Sorry about the raucous entrance. Spike in Tron energy reading at this address. In the light of the last 24 hours, we had to check it out. Hello, Kate Stewart, Head of Scientific Research at Unit. And with dress sense like that. <laughs> you must be the doctor.
0: <laughs> there she is, Kate. There's two of
2: the things you mentioned there, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, as far as some technical merits for this uh, episode goes, I, I thought the direction was interesting. I, I liked how uh, they told the passing of time you know through um you know incorporating each you know the 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 like the captioned months within the scene itself uh you know I, I i thought it flowed well in that way uh i think the the the, the colors were very pleasing you know the, the 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 colorist that works on the video and it just seems like the scenes had interesting colors if um you know just if you took them apart you know, alone and to themselves, uh, I thought they worked very well. Uh, And again, I think all the other technical, um, you know, the music and everything else was pretty much up to standard. Um, Nothing too remarkable, but it's, uh, you know, nothing displeasing either. So um, I think, you know, technically it was a well-executed story. I just, I'm going to go back to what I had said before, was that there was, you know, obviously this whole story's, centered around these cubes and you know this whole mystery is building up to them and um and i just thought the the payoff was co- sort of disappointing it was some sort of um mm. you know um mythical race i guess that you know the 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 time lords you know used to you know to tell their their time tots you know to, to keep them from from going astray or whatever and it just you know we didn't even get to see them. We saw a projection of one and, um, and then at the very end, the doctor fixes everything with his magic wand, uh, AKA his sonic screwdriver in less than a minute. And, you know, and that's it. And I just felt I I was really, you know, it was all leading up and then, you know, it just seemed like all those cubes were just an excuse to kind of give us a little character study on the Doctor on Earth and, um, you know, to to kind of introduce Kate Stewart to make some nods to the past and to um, sort of explain why the Doctor loves the human race and will do anything to protect it. And, um, you know, it just seemed like it it seemed like it was just all that other stuff was just like latched onto the cube story. And then there was really nothing to the cube story itself. At least that's how I felt. It just it seemed a little yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't think that was
2: the focus at all. Of the story they were, they were. I mean, they, they just sat there for most of the episode. The, the block, in a way, I suppose that that should have created a bit more tension than it did. Um, but it certainly wasn't the centerpiece of the whole storyline. It was. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you. What about? I mean, it was one of the shortest episodes. As yeah, well, it was only it like 40, forty-two
0: minutes. Yeah, thing? I was going to say forty-one minutes. It's, it was very short. Um, it's, and, and even though it was short, I don't know if it's due to editing that certain things were kind of left out, uh, cause like the, the cardiac arrests were only affecting, seemed like it only was affecting certain people. Uh, obviously the doctor was affected, but the, the immediate people around the doctor weren't having, you know, cardiac arrests. And, um, so it seems like it was only affecting certain people. And that really, to my understanding, wasn't explained. And, and, and even before the doctor starts experiencing his cardiac arrest, uh they um the scene that that immediately precedes that is them discovering this girl is some sort of probe and is monitoring everything and the doctor says oh if i can just do something or another to this uh girl whatever the, and that's when he start, that's when he was also of having um you know a heart attack there and amy uh you know get you know d- does a um what is a um you know the Defrib- defibrillation defibr- defibr- yeah, yeah. defibrillation whatever it's called so, but then they completely forget about the girl. They leave her, she's <laughs> against the wall and they walk away from her. I'm like, well, what were you going to do with her? Are you Are going to do something with her? And, and that, that whole, she was completely, that was the last we've seen of this, of this girl that was hinted at and we kept on seeing all throughout the story. And I, again- I
2: she had a heart attack as well at that point
0: well i do 't think she was real I thought she wasn 't she was It was, wasn 't she mechanical wasn 't it just like it was just, she was no, just, she
2: was being controlled by the box because uh, which again you 're throwing up uh, you, are, you you do what well, I do jump around a bit but yeah, i do I mean, I like the the two orderlies that that had the boxes in the mouths which seemed rather strange uh because they were the only ones that seemed to be affected in such a way because they were being used to ferry uh, some bodies presumably again as part of the the uh, you know the data gathering exercise that the whole thing had seemed to be i mean these boxes were there for mm-hmm. a whole 12 months weren't they in the, in the course of the actual episode
0: yeah, to to learn everything they could about the human race and the frailties of it and and everything else so uh, i guess before we go any further we have more clips so uh play some more and then um, then dave i want to hear more what you have to say about it okay
2: how
5: long was i away.
2: I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. Because they're wearing totally different clothes from earlier. Seven weeks. What happened
1: to the other people who travel with you? Some left me. Some got left behind. And some, not many, but some died. Not them, not them,
2: Brian. Brian's log, day 361.
4: No movement. Do it again.
1: All the way, dear, I'm trying to. Whatever you are. This planet, these people are precious to me. And I will defend them to my last breath.
4: This is the latest. Oh, dear. I've got governments screaming for explanations and no idea what to tell them. I'm... I'm lost, Doctor. We all are. Don't despair, Kate.
1: Your dad never did. Kate Stewart. Heading up unit, changing the way they work. How could you not be? Why did you drop Lethbridge?
4: I didn't want any favors. Though he guided me, even to the end. Science leads, he always told me. Said he'd learnt that from an old friend.
1: We don't let him down. We don't let this planet down. They've stopped. The cubes.
4: Active for 47 minutes and then they just die?
1: They're dormant, maybe.
2: They got what they wanted. Cubes. That's why they stopped. Come on. Kate?
1: Before they shut down, they scanned everything. From your medical limits to your military response
4: patterns. They made a complete assessment of planet Earth and its inhabitants. What? Why did they all say seven? Seven? It has to be a countdown. Not in minutes. Why would it be minutes, Kate? We have to get humanity away from those cubes. God knows what they'll do if they hit zero. Sorry. Uh, Excuse me. I'm looking for the supplies cupboard. Hey. Dad. Hey.
0: And before we go any okay. further let me just remind everyone if you're listening live you can call into the show at 724-444-7444 and the call ID for the live show is 23358 so simply call that number and um you'll be asked for a call for the for the show ID and that's the number 23358 is the call ID and uh I obviously you only call uh during the live show, otherwise you won't get on the show live. Otherwise, you can call the Doctor uh, public call box and you can get that number at our website at um, potchock.net So, um, but yeah, 724-444-7444 You could also uh, go to TalkShoe.com and uh, you can um, log in there and there's a queue uh, I'm sorry, there's a a chat and, uh, and you can put yourself in the queue there to um so we know that you want to speak there otherwise if you call, if you're calling um i think it's asterisk or star 8 to put yourself in the queue yes okay so dave you, uh, yeah uh, i'm sorry uh Tom? i i was just going to say what else um how how did you feel about this story other you know outside of what we just spoke about so far
2: Well, well, quite a lot to say. Uh, I'm appreciating it more having heard other people's opinions of it, but I must admit my overall impression on the Saturday night watching it live was um, I was mostly bored, uh, which was the same reaction Mm -hmm. I had last week. Um, But having said that, the episode from last week has grown on me on second and third viewing, Mm -hmm. and, and when I did the commentary on it, I... There was an awful lot in it. One of the things that I think many people will come to realise as they watch more and more Doctor Who, there are lots of little gems, as you alluded to as well, yeah. there, Lewis, mm-hmm. There are lots of little gems and little bits of information that are in the dialogue that you don't necessarily uh, pick up on first listening. Some of that might be due to the, you know, um, you know, the music and um, the speed of um, uh, of Matt Smith's delivery on some occasions. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, that's one of the advantages of editing this audio. You do pick up a lot more. Um, so, all in all, yeah, I was fairly. But, but then again, the, the penny started to drop that, like you, the, I, it was a non-story in many ways, mm-hmm. and the resolution was a a non-resolution. Basically, you know. Um, no wonder we keep talking about egg time, eggs, and that in these series. It was they were almost like egg timers yeah. uh, <laughs> sitting there. They suddenly go off, and the doctor finds the off switch, and that's the whole resolution. Because of course the whole story was the the what what in many TV series would be classed as a subplot was actually the main theme of the story, which was uh, finding out a little bit more about. Um, not only things that have happened in the Pond's life the effect of travelling with the Doctor on their quote unquote real life, uh, but as Rory's dad perceptively says um, you know it's not uh, it's you, it's not so much the adventures, it's travelling with the the Doctor, although in fact towards the end when they're on the alien ship and um, the Doctor is solving the problem uh, fairly simply with his um, Solid Screwdriver, he realises it's going to set up some sort of cascade effect and they have to run to get back off the ship uh, through to the sort of warp uh, thing to the back of the uh, the lift and Rory shouts I'm going to miss this at uh, that point um, the, the other thing is that um, there's a little bit too much humour in it for me, I know that sounds a funny remark to make, but uh, we, we've commented on this before Lewis in different series that uh, often they will have a comedic episode or a lighter episode mm-hmm. because the series is going into darker and darker yeah. territory uh, you know, we're we'll going kind of towards things
0: balance uh, off the intense and, episodes with some right, light ones Yeah, and, and that's what I thought the
2: Dinosaurs in the Spaceship was yeah, I thought same, that was yeah. mm-hmm. a throwaway one and so on. but we seem to have had increasing I mean, you know, everything from um, you know, Brian's log to um, what have you but um, it it was nice seeing Rory's father but I think and I said this earlier on the Colton collective that um, I think basically one of the reasons why my enjoyment wasn't as great as it may well have been is because I've already mentally moved on from the ponds especially having seen what seems Mm -hmm. to be uh, the new companion in waiting or at least the actress who will be playing that Mm -hmm. part uh, in the Dalek adventure uh, and because and I don't think I'm alone on this. Quite a number of people thought that they, the Pons story arc, had come to an actual conclusion when they, you know, they got a home and a car and what have you. Um, I think, or even the people who will like the fact that they're learning more about the effects and the interrelationship and actually getting some really good stuff from the Ponds, will still also admit that some of this has come a little bit late in their journey, as it were, Um, and we could have perhaps done with some of that a little bit earlier on. Um, But uh, all in all, I mean, when I say that the pond's journey is finished, I don't think it's all being resolved. I Mm -hmm. mean, um, we do know that uh, Amy Pond, that are indeed Amelia Pond, has a a very important uh, role in the Doctor's life, or at least this incarnation of the Doctor's life. Um, And um, there were a couple of references there. Uh, The one particular reference that I picked upon was right towards the end when the Doctor says, I have to leave, I've got worlds to visit, swings to swing on. Mm -hmm. Uh, That immediately made me think of Amelia Pond's swing in her garden. Now, that's not a spoiler, if indeed anything comes of that. But I still, I mean, I've still got visions, and you know I've on about it before, so I'm not coming up with something new. That uh, when we had the situation way back when uh, we we panned to Amelia Pond sitting in the garden with a suitcase, and then there was a crash of the, um, the uh, Tarlis landing, but then the adult Amy was in the bedroom, and it was the adult Amy he was coming for, and the story moved on there. Um I still don't think that's all resolved. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, and it's just like Stephen Moffat uh, to kind of pull something out of the hat like that and go back to uh, to the very first, you know, the eleventh hour story and kind of pick up and tie up yeah. the loose ends there. Yeah. Because even then, uh, I mean, I did. L- we we were well, we, when going back to the eleventh hour. If you remember back when we did the the live review of that story, that episode, we were questioning when did this, when was this taking place? You know, what time, what time, what year was it in Earth on Earth time? Was this all taking place? Because there was, you know, some question about that. Because there was some, um, you know, we were going to. There, uh, Doctor Who fans um, picked up something on one of the. I guess it was on Rory's badge or one of the one of the um hospital workers badge had a year on it uh there was uh people oh, yeah. were looking at the examining the when the tortoise was crash landing you know the London Eye and whatever else was around in London at the time, and you know we were trying to discern what year it was. And even in this episode, we're you know we, they say that um, the, you know the ponds have been with the Doctor for ten years, and then when Kate Stewart is um, introduced, she barges in with something that that can scan the Doctor's you know hearts, something some technology, unless it's alien technology, la, you know similar to Torchwood. It's, it's something that doesn't, yeah, 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 it's something that doesn't exist today. There's, I mean, she she you know whips out. Some something, you know, a little bit bigger than a um, a PDA or, uh, or, you know, a smartphone, and she's able to scan the doctor, which doesn't exist in today's technology.
2: Yeah, uh, but of course, we do know that the universe has been reset since then. I mean, of course, this was the Amy Pond who didn't have parents. Um, so that timeline really may be uh, one of the reasons why they may have been obscure about it was because presumably maybe Stephen Moffat knew that this whole... Existence wasn't going to be the universe as we know it. I mean, the, there's all this about Amy not knowing about Daleks and things. So, mm-hmm. um, lots of things like that. Uh, uh, but going back to the story, I mean, there, there were lots of little gems in it. Uh, I like the fact that Brian Cox uh, was shown, uh, mm-hmm. of course, famous uh, astronomer and physicist there. Uh, and he said, he need a brighter man than me. Um, uh, Alan Sugar as we said was there uh, there were two news, re- news readers and they are actually real news readers, the woman's Sophie Rayworth and I can't not only can I not pre- remember the man's name, I can't pronounce it when I do remember it so, that. but I think basically um, the story wasn't as engaging, I had the same issue last week and I mm-hmm. said that as I say, I, it did pick up for me and uh, so on uh, lots of other things in the text, I mean, we didn't, the Zygons really, I mean, that was almost as uh, as brief an encounter, even l- briefer, than the ones we got in Gridlock, where we got the, um, you know, the, the, the crab features mm-hmm. at the, you yeah. um, know, uh, the, there, the bottom, and, yeah. um, and again, um, uh, well, I'll see if somebody else comes up with some of the other things, but... Um, Know what well, else can I say? Um, the,
0: the storytelling here did was very. you know, with the newscasters and all that. This is something that you know, when um when the series first came back, um when um um Russell T Davies was in charge. This is like something... you know, I I don't know if it was his idea or not, but it was. I mean, this type of storytelling in Doctor Who really wasn't done until the series. You know, until twenty. You know, two thousand and five when the series came back. So this was sort of a. A nod to its own recent history, you know, with using newscasters and and telling the story that way.
2: Well, it was the tenth doctor in the Olympics. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, but Martin that's that's my point. Parent, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's my. I'm saying before yeah. 2005, we hadn't really seen that, and then Russell T Davies came, and we we um, you know, we saw more of that. You know, you know, with Ali- uh, um, aliens of London, and I think it was, or I don't remember the first story that kind of did it, but. Uh, it's it's interesting seeing that again as a storytelling device.
2: Yeah, and then we have the the, the fictional woman playing a not CNN, but it was something like CNN.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? exactly. So, yeah. It was a something like that. Yeah. Oh, and and speaking about going back to the past, sort of nodding to the Russell T. Davies era, when it's December and um, you see Rory coming and says, oh, it's you again. I I don't know if that's someone that I should recognize or not. I don't. But um, but that music that we hear, isn't that the music from one of the Doctor Who um, Christmas specials? there's a, there's music in the background, I, I think it's supposed to be you know Christmas-related or something like that, that sounds very familiar. It sounds like it, it was um, something from one of the past Doctor Who's uh, Christmas specials.
2: Right. Well, we've certainly, we've certainly had lots of these little things. We've had this, eggs, and we've had uh, Christmas, and, and, and lots of other spaceship. we had a spaceship every week and so on. But, Lo- uh, oh, love, things. don't but run, But I do no-
0: notice we... I'm, I'm just looking in the what? chat here. It's uh, music. Um, I, I, Love, Don't Rome. Was it Love, Don't Rome? I could have... I, I think it was... I don't think it I was that. I'm just reading what it said yeah. there. Um, and the Seven Doctors' music played in... But, uh, um, the Runaway Bride and Christmas yeah. Invasion. Yeah, I don't think it was yeah. Love, Don't Roam. Uh, uh, I, I mean, think it was something uh, when... Uh, yeah. uh, going. Um, uh, what's his face? Um Oh, I can't think of the character's name now. Mickey uh, was uh, when he hears the TARDIS right. coming. He's wasn't he like working in a shop somewhere? And I think that music was in the background. Uh, you know, something about Rudolph's... I don't know. Yeah. Oh, right. And then he right. hears the TARDIS, and it's it's actually you know the the tenth doctor making a crash the landing. Played. Uh,
2: yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the person who's putting these comments uh, in hopefully will be coming on audio shortly when you bring them in, so uh, uh, they'll be able to mention that, I'm sure, on their go but uh, again, as I say the, the 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 unfortunate thing was I wasn't uh, I, I, it, it wasn't that much of an enjoyable episode at face value watching it but there were a lot of things, it was lovely to see the Brigadier's Daughter I understand why people are not too sure where she comes from, because of course you know he, he 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 was married had a divorce um apparently this character has been mentioned in in I don't know it was one of the big Finnish awesome audio story um and she was in um a I oh and I should I'm sure against Jeff or somebody will be able to put me right on this but um uh, there was um the part has been played by a younger actress in a, a in a video and uh Uncommonly looking alike to the actress who played her this time.
0: Well, the, the actress is Gemma Redgrave, who is the niece of the actress Vanessa Redgrave. Right. Just, um,
2: it, it, it yeah, would have been. Actual character, the actual character has
0: been in a, um, a, a yeah. another piece of Doctor Who It would have been interesting if Nick Courtney, um, and I don't know if he does or not. Had a daughter, and who who um who, who went into acting. And it would have been interesting if it was actually you know uh, his biological uh, daughter. But it's it's um, alas, it's not. Uh, I've got it here now. It's um it's coming
2: up. Uh, it's called Downtime. It was a home video, in nineteen seventy two, called Downtown. In
0: nineteen seventy two, time. In nineteen seventy two, sorry,
2: 1972. Uh, 19, sorry, that's 1997. Okay. All Let me right. put the link in the room.
0: All right. I was going to say, I didn't think uh, they, the they were doing that back in 72. That was, uh, that was in the John Pertwee hour.
2: All uh, right. Hang on. No, hang on. I'm getting mixed up again. You see, Kate was the mother of Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. She reunited with her father, uh, 2004, Kate. And uh, so this is the, the last, one of the last of the de- Demons. So what um, what I think was being said was that she has that family resemblance to the actress who played
0: Kate. I see, okay. All right, we're going to play some around that. more clips, and then uh, we'll get to your... Um, you know, it would be, Well, before I do that, let's take a quick break just to remind everyone about Audible. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks, They have over 100,000 titles to choose from, and if you're a regular listener to Doctor Who Podchuk, you know that they cover every genre, be it thrillers, business, comedy, and, of course, science fiction. They have tons of Doctor Who stuff. Well, I say tons. Actually, digital files don't weigh anything, so I shouldn't really be saying tons. They have hundreds of um, Doctor Who titles to pick from, and uh, you can they'll play on your iPhone, your Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere, much like this podcast. So for you Doctor Who Podchak listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check out their service, simply Go to audibletrial.com slash podchock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchock for your free audio book. So um, there you have it. And then if you decide it's not for you, you can always keep your free audio book and um, enjoy it and um, and continue on. And if you're listening in the car, you can go to podchock.net. There's um, links there to this offer. Now, you can choose anything that Audible has to offer as your free audio book. Though, if you're listening to this episode of Dr. Who Podshock, we're reviewing The Power of Three, which uh, we find the Doctor, Amy, and Rory stuck on Earth for, I guess, uh, a year now. But if you want to get off of Earth, um, well, there's an adventure called Doctor Who, The New Humans. That's N-U-Humans. Dash And what this is, it the Doctor and Amy and Rory find themselves on a super... Earth, a a, uh, a bigger than Earth itself, with heavy gravity, volcanoes, and crust covered uh, mineral deposits uh throughout. But they also find something else. They discover a body that's dumped on the ground, a huge figure with extraordinary long arms, covered with thick purple scales. Yet the corpse is not alien. He's human, albeit albeit not like any human that Amy and Rory have ever seen. So what's going on? Well. Let's hear a little bit from this now. This is um, by Cavan Scott and Mark Wright, and it's narrated by Rachel Cassidy.
3: She looked up into the concerned eyes of Rory, who had pushed her out of the way and landed awkwardly on top of her. She rewarded him with a kiss before snapping her head back suddenly. The creature had missed her, but it had caught someone. The doctor? When you two have finished the doctor said from somewhere behind them. We're not out of the woods quite yet. Where's the body? Amy asked as Rory helped her to her feet. Our friend must have been hungry, the doctor confirmed. Probably a scavenger, used to scooping up whatever carrion it can find. How can something that big fly in this gravity? Asked Rory, brushing fragments of rock from Amy's arm. It's all to do with how dense air behaves in high-gravity situations. Thanks to all of these volcanoes, the doctor stopped himself. Let's just say it's science stuff that we haven't got time for right now. Why? What's the hurry? Amy was puzzled. The doctor reached out and tilted Amy and Rory's heads up to the sky. Oh, right, said Amy, more calmly than she felt. A whole flock of the winged things were plunging towards them, mouths gaping. ''They don't just scavenge then?'' ''Obviously not,'' the doctor replied. ''Run!'' Which was easier said than done. In the extreme gravity, it was all Amy could do to put one leg in front of the other, let alone run. Every muscle in her body ached and all she wanted to do was crumple to the ground. Rory was trying his hardest to drag her forward, but the effort was too great. With a cry, he went down, pulling Amy with him. The doctor tried to help them up, but it was no good. They were exhausted. As the creature's screams grew closer, Amy found Rory's hand in her own and squeezed it hard, waiting for the inevitable. (sighs) A flare exploded high above them, bathing the sky in a warm pink glow. Amy looked up in time to see a second explosion send the creatures flying in all directions. To the trio's amazement, a stocky figure emerged from behind a nearby clump of rocks, a large flare gun mounted on one of its arms. It wore blue overalls similar to those on the body they had found, and any exposed skin was covered in the same purple scales. "'Are you hurt?' their rescuer asked, stalking towards them on all fours, looking more like a gorilla than ever. The doctor pushed himself to his feet and held out a wavering hand in greeting. "'Just a little weary. I'm afraid we're not used to such heavy gravity.' The scaly figure still hadn't taken the doctor's hand. So he awkwardly-
0: Once again, this could be your free audio book. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash uh, it, it Just I need to correct myself because uh,
2: it's it's slightly confusing the way we can, cause it, she, uh I said that Kate was the father of Gordon, but Gordon, of course, is the grandson of Alistair Gordon, left Big Stewart. So it is the same character, uh n- So the Kate character in Downtime is the same character, and she also has a child, and she calls the child Gordon, and that's in the Downtime video.
0: I'm I'm glad there's some consistency there. All right, well, um, let's play some more clips and then we'll get to your live feedback as well.
4: Well, what's in there? There is nothing in here. There's CCTV feeds from across the world. People are dying. What? Well, they can't be dying. How? How are they dying? Then... Ah! Ah! Oh, the
1: heart, an organ powered by electrical currents.
4: Ah! <laughs> oh, oh. How many deaths have been recorded? We don't know. We think it could be a third of the population. I need to locate the wormhole portal. All right. Desperate measures. Time off. Two hearts. Back in the game. Where are we?
1: We're in orbit. One dimension to the left. It's not possible. Before the Shakri were a myth. The Shakri exist in all of time. And none. We travel alone and together. Ah, but why? Serving the word of the Tali. Why the cubes? Why Earth? Not Earth.
4: Humanity.
1: Erase humanity before it colonizes space. You're too late, Doctor. The tally...
4: shall be met. He's gone! He was never really here. Just the ship's automated into Faker. I can stop the second wave. I can disconnect all the shakri crafts and their portals,
1: leave them drifting in the dark space. Ah, but all those people who were near the cube, so many of them will have died. Bingo! We're going to use them to turn them back on again. 30 seconds. Don't let me down, Cubes. You're working for me now. Run. you to miss this.
4: Oh. Emergency hospitals and field units are working at full capacity as millions of survivors are nursed back to help. You really are as remarkable as Dad said. i better get going. Things to do. Worlds to save. No, I know. You both have lives here. You don't want to give them up.
2: Actually, it's you they
4: can't give up, Doctor. No, I don't think they should. Go with him. Just bring them back safe. It was when we realized something that Shakri never understood what cubed actually means the power of three.
2: It just reminded me of mm-hmm. that little scene, of course. We had another reference back to Amelia Pond in the fact they were. Sitting there eating fish fingers and custard.
0: Yes, you know another. Uh, I I felt this whole sto- episode were filled with nods to the past, you know, and um, it, quite you know, at least for me, that was the the enjoyable aspect to it. It was a, sp- a lot of nostalgic references, not only to uh, you know Doctor Who long past, but also recent past as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought there was a lot of reminiscing going on here, and maybe that's um leading up to uh, you know what's going to come up next week i don't know you know as far as um... you know um is it because um... Well,
2: resolution I... well i mean presumably uh... you know we've it's not spoilish to say that 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 we're that we've been led to believe that uh... the ponds story is yeah. coming to a conclusion uh, the conclusion in terms yeah. of being traveling with the doctor
0: mm-hmm. And I have to say, I really haven't been a big fan of, you know, the Doctor stopping by the ponds and picking them up. I, you know, companions should be just along you know, with the Doctor. It just it just seems out of character for the Doctor to be sort of like off on his own and then every time he needs companions to come by and visit the ponds and let's go off somewhere. It, it just, yeah. I don't know, it just seems a little uh, out of character. Uh,
2: Jeff put,
0: yeah, please
2: don't, in the, even in the text, try not to put spoilers if you're aware of any, uh, both uh myself? himself always speculate on these shows, whether we turn out to ever be right, I don't know, but uh yeah no' I, we try were, to do.
0: I mean we were just alluding to something that that is pretty much a well known fact. We know that the doctor's getting a, a new companion soon, so um you know we, we know that the his time with the ponds are coming to an end, but you never say never We talk to him, especially with the ponds because they keep on <laughs> we said farewell to them so many times over the past you know year and a half, I guess. Well, I thought we had more people in the queue before. So um if you want to yeah. um, chime in, please put yourself in the queue and we'll we'll get you on board. So uh going to that the first uh person is um I'm Kai- I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Uh Kai-o-girl? Kyo girl? Kyo. I'm <laughs> well done. Um, I'm sorry. Hi. Welcome to Dr. Panchak.
1: Um. This is actually my very first time doing the pod shock.
0: Well, we're glad to have and, you. And I've
1: been listening, oh. and I listened on the pod shock for a long time since um, Eggleston, actually.
0: Oh, fantastic! That's uh, well, we started during his tenure. Well, actually, technically, yeah. I, been, and I wasn't
1: introduced to the show until I, was, I wasn't introduced to the pod shock until my dad showed it to me, who has been watching Doctor Who since
0: the 1974. Mhm. Yeah, I think you you and you you had asked in chat when did people start listening to Doc, uh, start watching Doctor Who and I know there some people had chimed in on chat and I think uh Dave said since the beginning 1963 and for me it was the late 70s and um myself and then um you know I I got really into it in the early 80s but I you know I first started watching it in the late 70s.
2: And, and the good thing for you is that um, because you've come into the live show, which is on the Talk show ID uh, 23358, you'll see quite a number of episodes there here that didn't make it onto the iTunes feed, some of the reviews of the earlier series.
1: Yeah. And I thought that the Power 3 was a really interesting episode because it showed the Doctor being a part of his companion's lives Instead of a diverse,
0: while his. Um, we, we lost you there.
1: And uh, so, okay,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, you dropped off there, at least for yeah. me.
1: My dad and I saw that this episode, the episode was a really good episode for Rory because it showed his world as a medical profession and
2: that it shows that also he was
1: real respected because
2: they wanted him to come to the hospital more often. Absolutely right. A parcel of us being weaned off them isn't it as well? They're not so much being pushed out of the doctor's life as being pulled towards real life.
1: Yeah and it shows more of the a domestic
0: life than what the doctor experiences. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, the doctor the, the ninth doctor, you know, proclaimed, you know, pro- proclaimed that um, you know, that he doesn't do domestic and now um but I guess, you know, each doctor sort of changes and um and I guess um the 11th doctor is willing to do domestic for a little bit. Yeah. though I I, I would like to have seen him you know it just seemed like he was just doing like doing whatever he can do to kind of fill the time but I would like to have you know instead of just painting fences maybe you know like the third doctor who stuck was was trapped on earth for several years and he you know he became the scientific advisor for unit and all that and here we are led to believe that the doctor's here for some time while these cubes are here on earth and we know the cubes have been around for I guess nine months to a year or whatever and we don't know what the doctor's doing, you know. Um, it just seems, I don't know what he's doing.
1: <laughs> his, fondness for so, the, well, his, his fondness
2: for the ponds encourages him to be part of their lives. Yeah, no, I, I, so, uh, I see I, that. I mean, uh, yeah, but about the actual, did you feel as though, like Lewis and I was saying, that the... The, the, that was the central theme of the story, and the actual, you know, these, these cues in a way were just um, a backdrop for the whole story. And if so, um, I mean, are you ready to say goodbye to the ponds yourself? Do you feel as though they've come to the natural end of their journey with the Doctor? Or would you be sad to see them go if indeed that's what's happening? Well, I'll be
1: sad to see them go, but I think it's time for the Doctor to get new companions to say goodbye to the new pond, to the pond and gain a new companion to have journey, go journeys on with theories with him and let the ponds move on with their lives and their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, I, I think that's what this is all leading up to, so I think we're that's what we're going to get. <laughs> how, how
2: do you rate this? Since this is the first time you come on live, how do you rate this little group of four stories so far in this series? Has it has it been a good series for you? Or you, you I mean, obviously we've only got one more before we go to the break and then the Christmas special. But um, have they been satisfying for you, or have they been, you know, ups and downs or favourites? Well,
1: every time I watch the Doctor Who episodes with my dad, I still enjoy watching the episodes and watching how the doctor experiences new things when he's on the journeys with his companions. And so I give this episode a four point five out of five Tartars grounds.
0: Oh really? Okay. Oh. Very good.
1: Okay.
2: Well okay, thanks to thank Is, that, is, it, is that the best of the four then?
1: For well, for this episode the for this, the rest of the season yeah, of these
2: four episodes, is this the best of the four, or have you liked I mean, all of them?
1: I liked all of them. I liked how the western theme episode and because the western theme episode, that um the town called Mercy, I thought it was a good episode because I liked how they introduced the sheriff when he walked in calmly. You didn't first notice him, but when he walked, when he walked, you first noticed him. Mm-hmm. And when they showed him, I immediately recognized him as the colonel who played them from Stargate.
0: Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I, the action, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I hadn't seen him in Stargate. I know him from um, Farscape.
1: Yeah.
0: Ben and Browder, we talked talking I about.
1: Thought, and from ben, and, ben
0: Browder, yeah.
1: And I hope that in the next season they end this finally slowly start answering that question that was um, asked in the last se- the end of the last season, last episode of the last season, and the first episode of this season, the, the question, Doctor Who? And yeah, well, that, that's day. that's a question they can't answer. answer.
0: That's the whole point of the series, so I I, I have to disagree. Yeah. You can't answer that question because that's, that's the whole point of the series. It goes back to 1963 mm-hmm. with uh, Who is the Doctor? And that's that's what keeps the mystery in the in the character and in the series. And I for one think they reveal they have revealed too much actually so far. So I think it's better kept, you know, as a question, not as an and, and not. Well answer. I,
2: I, I think as well that they're using the word dot who meaning, you know, more and more of the universe is forgetting the doctor, so therefore more and more of the universe is asking Doctor Who, not that we're gonna actually get the answer to it.
0: Yeah, and I still stand by that. More and more, the universe shouldn't know who the it shouldn't have known who the Doctor was to begin with. So it, you know, it just seems <laughs> it seems like they they're trying to fix something that shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think it's because uh,
2: what um, Stephen Moffat has said is that uh, he doesn't want old. who He always wants every series of Doctor Who to feel like a new series. So therefore, he has to create the mythos. He sees. For each new generation of new viewers uh, And it's a bit of a juggling trip I mean we've got um, people who have been fans of what's now called the Classic Series We've got people that started watching from Rose when that came back in 2005 People that started watching because they were big David Tennant fans So they started watching when the Tenth Doctor came in And of course uh, the relaunch again even with Matt Smith uh, and it's been fabulous. I mean, I thought Matt Smith would really have struggled after the the phenomenon that was David Tennant, uh, but in his own way, uh, and I think uh, quite a number of people I know felt that uh, one of the great things about this particular episode, and I'm not really a big fan of this episode, but was the very fact that when, when like Rory's father's talking to uh, the the 11th Doctor, you know, the the world weariness of, you know, Having to say goodbye to companions and maybe having lost companions, uh, that is one thing that Matt Smith is very able to portray. Mm-hmm. This the, the the old soul that the Doctor
0: has. Yeah, he has a yeah. he, he has an old young face. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank it's you so okay. much,
2: sure. girl. Is it?
0: Yes. Thank you. Take Thank care. Thank you. Cheers. I right, and moving to uh Jeff, uh back to, welcome back to Doctor Who Pachok, aka the seventh doctor, and I'm trying to unmute him there. There we go. Welcome back, Hi, Jeff. Lewis. Hi. Thank you. Right. A simple job for you,
2: Jeff. Can you sort the timeline out for us? <laughs> That's
0: not a simple job.
5: I don't know if I can, but I, I have uh an idea of what might be going on here with the, the four stories that we've had, it almost seems like we're going in reverse order uh, with these stories. In other words, um, Asylum of the Daleks, it might be the last story in the doctor's timeline of these, of these four that we've had, and the Power of Three might be the first. And I say that because uh in last week's story we had a reference in, in last week's story uh town called Mercy we had a reference to an adventure that uh, they had with Richard the 8th in which Rory lost his
2: right. phone.
5: Henry the 8th Henry the 8th yeah. Excuse me Henry the 8th uh, thank you Dave uh, where Rory lost his cell phone charger well in this story we actually see that Uh, possibly we see that story or that adventure. And if you look, Rory does have his cell phone charger with him, and he kind of drops it. So uh, we have some timey-wimey stuff Mm. going on here. And I I just wonder if um, we we didn't really see Rory's dad at the wedding in Big Bang, and I'm wondering if uh, maybe the doctor meets uh, Rory's dad, Brian, in this story first, and that's why he knew Brian's name in uh, the dinosaurs story. So we got some goofy stuff going on here with the timeline, I think, and I could be completely wrong. I'm not sure.
2: Which would explain, of course, why Brian wasn't phased uh, when he, you know, when when he goes into the TARDIS in this story, uh, and he's. Um you know, he's, he's sitting in the TARDIS Watching the cube He's not at all curious about the TARDIS, is he? As hmm. though he's already travelled in it
0: Well, but the yeah. thing is, though The I... Doctor is introduced to, to Brian In that, in the dinosaur story Because he thought he was a, 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 hitchhiker, a hitchhiker A stowaway on the TARDIS He didn't know who he was until, it, um, He Rory didn't make says, a
2: connection But he knew his name As soon as he looked at his face He knew who it was
0: He just hadn't noticed his face Oh, okay. I will have to watch that again. Then I didn't. Think
5: yeah, R- Rory says something about, "Well, you materialized around us, and uh, that it, that's my dad." And and he already knew his name is Brian. So I don't know.
0: Okay, I'll have to watch that again. I don't remember that, but yeah, I'll I'll take your word on that.
5: And and I wonder if uh, asylum plays into that as well because. In the doctor's timeline, maybe he encounters Miss um, uh, Coleman's uh, character. I, I can't remember her name. Um, you know, toward the end of this run of uh, episodes, and uh, Oswin, he goes. Uh, yes, yes, and and then he decides. Well, I'm going to go back and, and find this this person earlier in her timeline, or I'm going to go save her or something. I don't know. It's all speculation
2: and of course Rory said in another week he was 31 and, and so on and then here we've seen an age in at least a year if not more and then we've had a 10 month gap between another of the stories so it's almost as though they've made this three years up in these four episodes
5: right but uh,
2: the story timeline... itself don't yeah.
5: well, I'm sorry Dave Well,
2: I was going to say, I, did, I thought you wanted to get on to actually talking about your impressions of the story itself. But
5: right, yeah. I, I did. Uh, other than the timeline issue, I quite enjoyed this story. Um, I, I liked all the references to, you know, the brigadier, his daughter. Uh, this felt a lot like an RTD story. Mm -hmm. and and was in a good way. We had all the montage of of the newscasts, and uh, it it just felt like a very, very good story uh, in that regard, and it was nice to have uh, a feel of prior uh, RTD stories. I I just enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, Not to say that I haven't liked the Moffat era, um, but... We, we had a lot of uh, good characterization in the story, which sometimes we don't in the Moffat stories. Uh, so overall, the, you know, this was, was excellent. Um, I, we had a very quick resolution with this story, which good or bad i don't know but um it it just felt a little rushed and i wonder why they did that because uh i i think this was actually in runtime the shortest story we've had since Mm -hmm. 2005 uh if it isn't it's probably second so i i I just think that uh they they could have added a few more minutes at least to the story and fleshed out a a couple things um Mm -hmm the doctor waving his sonic screwdriver at the controls. That didn't really bother me too much. What really bothered me about that uh, scene was it just too, took too long for the doctor to actually get to the console to do his magic with the, with the sonic screwdriver. Um, at least eight to 10 minutes by my reckoning to get there. And people were having heart, heart attacks. And 8 to 10 minutes, they're probably not going to come back from that. Uh, at 4 minutes, you start to have brain damage. So I really had a problem with that aspect of the story. But that's my real, my only real quibble with it, with the whole story. Other than that, it was it was fun. There was a lot of fun dialogue. Um, I, I got a sense of... Uh, the episode rose from from the first series in which you know that episode had a lot of characterization in it, a lot of build up uh, and dialogue between characters and the auton story really wasn't the main focus of that story. Well, we had the same thing here, I think, where you know the threat wasn't the real story it was uh, the dealing or the 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 Characterizations between Amy and the doctor, and Rory and and Brian, and I think that was the focus of the story here, not not the cubes or uh, what was happening with uh, was it the chakri? Sha-
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Sha- so oh, yeah, I think oh, yeah.
5: But uh, overall, I, I I give this a four out of five. I thought it was uh, very entertaining. I'm not sure why you didn't think it was entertaining, Dave, but I I found it very entertaining. Uh, And I'm looking forward to next week.
2: Well, I think it was because I kept waiting for the story to start. uh, And to me, it started when we saw a view of the spaceship. And then I realized that really wasn't the story anyway. But the story they were telling was one that, to me has come a little bit too late because I'm already past the ponds I suppose um but and, and, as i said uh, last week's episode um uh, the western one uh, on I, I, I wasn't that interested in watching that on the actual evening sitting in front of the telly with all the you know the um the the uh, anticipation that one normally has and and i think also this episode had intrigued me more with its title I mean spaceships you know dinosaurs a spaceship you sort of know is going to be a throwaway mm-hmm. one and so on and uh, not a throwaway one but uh, almost a send up one and I did feel as though this episode the other thing was it, it was self-referencing itself uh, a little bit too much I thought a little bit too much um, what do they call it uh, Lewis uh, you know you peer at your belly or something uh and, and, uh, yeah. Naval watching or whatever the word is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know
2: what you're getting at. Contemplating your own navel. That's it.
5: <laughs> I've never heard that phrase, Dave. You know? No. <laughs>
2: uh, and it annoyed me, of course, when uh, when uh, they were attacking the house and Rory came through the door and he says that they caught me in my pants. Well, nobody in the UK would ever say that.
5: No, it's I thought a, that
2: was. He was wearing his underpants. He wasn't wearing his pants at all.
5: Well, I thought that's what they called them in in England. No, no, no you,
2: look, okay. you wear your under your pants. You wear your underpants. Well, so I, I thought I thought it was
0: trousers in the UK, and not and pants are are basically. Well, you can, say, you can un- say trousers, you say pants, but what
2: you wear under them is is your underwear. Therefore, it's underpants.
5: Yeah. You know, that's what they call him here, have you, too. Have,
2: have you yeah. never heard people say, like, Superman wears
0: his underpants over his trousers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to, not to go blue in this episode, so... <laughs> but... Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, last last week we had mention... I mean, I feel sorry for poor Rory's dad. I mean, last week he, he got... Uh, a dinosaur
0: sniffing him in a certain area. Uh, that was two weeks ago, and then yeah. He, this
2: week he had his son making joke about his log.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian's log.
5: You know, it was brought up earlier that uh, the ninth Doctor didn't do domestic. Well, um, and now it appears the 11th Doctor is. We've had the 11th Doctor do that before That's in right. the lodger. Yeah, you're he, right. Where he tried to... Learn how to go domestic and and blend in with normal society or normal life.
2: Yeah. Did you see the connection with the uh, talking about the nine? do you see the connection with the the Christmas invasion? And you know, because there, it was a third of human race that were that were chosen by blood, wasn't it? In that in that case. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I, I I don't think it was uh, by choice here. I, I, you know, the the people that were affected. They were looking at the cubes at the time, uh, as the doctor was in this story as well, and so you had about a third of the people of the human race looking yeah. at the cubes when they made everyone have heart attacks. So, um,
0: is that how it happened? I, I that clarity, you had to be looking. Yeah. You had to be looking at them. Is that how it worked? Because there were people in the streets that were just but, toppling over. Well, that's been close approximation to one anyway. Certainly, yeah. Well,
5: that's how I took it. Maybe yeah. I misunderstood. Well, the other,
2: the the other thing is, of course, is that that uh, cre- that uh, control of the spaceship was going to send oh. out another batch. They weren't going mm-hmm. to. It wasn't like only a third of the boxes were activated, and he was going to activate another third. Weren't they going to actually send another another lot of boxes?
5: Yeah, that's how I took it, Dave. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, you gave it four and a half out of five, or five out of five?
5: No, I gave it a four out of five.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thank you once again, Jeff. As always, always appreciate your take and insight.
5: Thank you, Lois, for having me on.
0: All right. All right. Thanks again. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers. Cheers. I really enjoyed. You know, this. What's what I always it's always great hearing everyone's take on the episodes and, um, and, and hearing people that may have a different point of view. And I always, um, you know, treasure that, you know, it's always good to, to, and you can learn something and maybe change your view as well. So, but, um, um, overall, I, you know, I, as I said in the beginning of the show, is that I think I enjoyed the first half of this or the, or the you know, of, of this story more than the second half, only because I just thought the whole payoff with the cubes were disappointing. And um, and I really was disappointed that it was resolved so quickly with, once again, the doctor using his, what I'm calling his magic wand now, because it's no longer just a sonic screwdriver. It, res- it does everything and more. And I just can't imagine the third doctor or any other doctor really well maybe the 10th but uh just having such power with the with the sonic screwdriver and not working it out with his head and it's i don't know it just i i would it maybe it would work work, it would have worked better if this was a two-parter or this was leading up to something in the next maybe not exactly as a two-parter but maybe the the story might continue on to the next episode where the the doctor could really Work out and and find out what these what what these boxes were about and um, you know this one could have focused on the pond and pond life and all that and then um, and then get into the real meat and potatoes of this of what the threat was in the next story but it didn't and instead in less than a minute the doctor sort of just resolves it all and then you know everyone sort of just lives happily every after though you know we know what's you know that the ponds are coming to an end you know as far as their time with the doctor. So I'm I'm just gonna give it a middle okay. of the road rating. I'm you know I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I mean it was you know I I just was disappointed by how it was resolved. I I love the introduction int- introduction of the Kate Stewart character, but I just wish she had more to do in it. So I'm, I'm giving it two and a half Tardis groans, which is like I guess right there in the middle of the road.
2: Well, that's exactly what my rating was. I mean, we still may see more of that, and I've got a feeling my rating will grow on second or third viewings because, as I said, there are always lots of little gems in the text. Mm-hmm. Um, we have got a number of ratings that have gone into the, uh, the text chat. We have a number of people here in the room that are not on audio, just being joined by Michael of Tindog Podcast. Welcome, Michael. Um, We've got uh, Mark there, Resident Alien, who um is uh taking yeah, time Mark. off for some very serious uh, parchments he's been looking at, but glad to have him here. Uh and,
0: and others as well. Yes, um uh cy, cy Bob gave it three out of five. And we had um um Tim Tim Thomas um gave it five out of five. So and you've heard many people, um, you know, who just we had on our live feedback here give it four and a half or four out of five. So um, just because Dave and I <laughs> kind of are in unison with two and a half, doesn't mean um, you know others. Oh
2: can- no, no, I, I was definitely out of sorts. I'm, I'm just scrolling back to see if you missed anybody out. Did you say Odessa Steps? Uh, I did she give her
0: five? I, I didn't mention her, no, is it? I'm not even sure if it's her, but yes, no, I didn't mention it. All right, well, um, I guess that wraps up our review of um, The Power of Three, which really came down to uh, you know, the doctor, you know, the three that they're referencing is the Dr. Amy and Rory there, you know, as the. Which is interesting because, as far as we can tell, they're going to be replaced with, with just one companion, you know. As far as we know, but then again, you know, going into this series, we all thought it was just going to be Amy and Rory wasn't really going to come along for the, you know, until later on. So um, who knows? But as far as we know, the the Doctor will be taking on one companion, you know, after he finally lets go of the of the Ponds. Indeed. Okay, yeah. All right. So next week we'll be back, and we'll be reviewing the, I guess the final episode of this of this first half of the twenty twelve series, which is uh, the t- the uh, the episode is called the, uh, the Angels Take Manhattan, not uh, um, not to be confused with the Muppets Take Manhattan, or the Daleks of Manhattan, or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously it's a New York story once again, and um and we have certain familiar well. angels. We, um reappearing go ahead dave i'm sorry
2: uh, just for, for for your benefit i mean i know you do edit this i have got a clip of the um the 40 second trailer for next week i can play it into the show sure, go ahead if you like me to if we give warning okay if you don't want to this is 41 seconds if you don't want to watch the uh, the bit at the end of the episode. So it was part of the episode. Yeah, so it's nothing uh, you, you haven't you seen it
0: already. It's it was it was the same thing that was at the end. That's of, right. No, yeah. it's not it's not
2: it's not it's not another trailer, it's the end of teaser, yeah. The the sure. episode. Yeah, sure. You don't believe that statues can move <laughs> and you're right, they can't when you're looking.
1: New York. It's policed by angels. Every time you try to escape you get zapped back in time. The city that never sleeps. The angels will come uh
2: I think they're coming for you. Placing someone back in time creates time
4: energy. And that is what the angels feed on.
1: What the hell are you doing? Any ideas?
0: All right, something to look forward to. All right. So thanks everyone for participating. Oh, and Dave, thank you as always. And you can catch more of Dave on the Cultum Collective. They just did their review show of, uh, the power of three as well today. So you could catch that on talk uh, yeah, on dot com, but also on, um, iTunes and you can, uh, do a search for Cultum Collective and you'll hear Dave and, and I'm assuming Ian was on this on, on today's episode. Oh,
2: indeed, yeah. Uh, actually, Ian was uh, very enthusiastic because he's quite pleased because he's not had that much enjoyment. He, he went through a patch like you did once, Louise, where you know you were despairing you were ever going to have an episode that you liked, uh, which I think you you had a while back. And uh, I, Ian thoroughly enjoyed this episode. He was uh, especially he was made up with the the appearance of uh, uh, Leftbridge Stewart's daughter. I think that that
0: really sort of cheered him up. You know, someone asked me, uh, someone who, who is, um, she had just seen the first of this, uh, you know, the, the Dalek episode of, of this year. And she's, uh, she had asked me, this was on an, an um, another social network, had asked, um, what I thought about the series so far. And she said that, you know, she hadn't listened to Dr. Hupachuk yet, so she doesn't know. And, um... So I responded that it was, you know, so far, usually when a new series of Doctor Who starts, um for me it's it's usually sort of like a roller coaster. You'll I'll have like an episode that I really like, then an episode that I sort of was disappointed with and another episode that I really, you know, it's sort of like a roller coaster where it's it's like very highs and then lows and highs and lows and I have to say so far and it, we've only seen what four. This is the fourth one, so I mean so far of 2012 it's It's sort of been in the middle of the road for me. Maybe, um, maybe the Dalek episode might have been three and a half for me. I don't think I'm trying to remember what what rating I gave it. I I don't know if I hit a four yet out of five for this series. Then again, it it hasn't gone lower than two and a half either. So it's sort of just been um, not, you know, it it hasn't been a roller coaster for me. It's just sort of been keeping steady, you know, on course, whatever. It just hasn't really, you know. Gone one way
2: or the other. Well, we've had a, a paradigm shift, haven't we? We've gone from very complex, very arc heavy, uh, convoluted uh, stories to some would say almost the stories have been quite simplistic and easy resolvable because they're really sort of paddling as fast as they can to, to, to bring meaning and resolution to the whole journey. Uh, the ponds, remember, uh, the ponds have been with the 11th Doctor uh, Amelia Pond was the first person that the Doctor saw so you know they played such a part in it that um, uh, I mean we shouldn't say this I mean with Rose how many times did uh, did we have to see Rose come and go if you know what I mean yeah. uh, there, there does seem to be this difficulty in uh, you know you can't just leave somebody in Perivale any longer can you
0: Well, I kind of like that we're not having big story arcs. I mean, we could have smaller ones, but I'm I'm glad that so far it hasn't been like this. But
2: this this is extreme, I mean. I think we've gone from very over-complex to... I mean, like you said, the story in this particular episode... Wasn't really the story at all. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, a sort of slow burner that went poof. At the it end. just seemed like an excuse and, just uh, to kind it of wasn't
0: really the main story to hang all these other ornaments on on this story. It just the story, the the whole cube thing just seems like an excuse just to, you know, so we can you know hang all these other things on it, and and that's really it really. Yeah. Alright, so um, we'll see we'll see what happens next week and uh, um, again, I try to go into each episode with a clean slate, I try not to have any, try not to ingest any spoilers before, so I don't, you know my expectations, I try to keep as flat as possible, so that I don't go in with high expectations or low expectations, I just try to keep it as neutral as possible, so um, but this time, even on the second viewing it just seemed to stay neutral for me you know, which, um, again, it wasn't bad, it just wasn't great
2: and as Odessa Step says, uh, uh, the plot was a, more of a MacGuffin than a plot, really.
1: Mm.
0: All right, so um, until then, I guess, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. You have been listening to Dr. Who Podchok, presented to you by the fan run Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Podchok is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Dr. Who Podchok theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion App now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts.
4: Hello, Kate Stewart, head of scientific research at Unit, and with dress sense like that. You must be the doctor.